Hello, my friends. My name is Madge. This is the MadgeCast, where we talk about how to be good to ourselves and each other as we end our hunger for justice. Sounds a little melodramatic, but it's kind of astounding the degree to which it's not. So this week I have a treat for you. I interviewed my new pal, Katie Farnan, who is one of the leaders of our Indivisible group here in Boulder and the Front Range of Colorado. And she is smart and awesome, and you're definitely going to like her. And she's going to talk to us a little bit about what Indivisible is and what we're aiming to do. But before that, I just wanted to check in because although this week has been at least as much of a shit show as every other week of this dark timeline, um, we did get some good news. Beyonce is going to have two beautiful little babies who look just like her. And I only fell apart weeping once, um, which is progress, right? (laughs) Progress, not perfection. Um, The important thing, though, is that from that place, instead of just weeping, I sat down and I wrote. And um, like a lot of writers, I guess, when I do write, I'm able to hear myself think in a way that I just can't otherwise. And what I realized is that what's playing out on the national stage right now is not just about politics, For um, people who had crazy childhoods with chaos and abuse and neglect and feeling like no one with any sense was in charge of anything, um, it can be a time machine right back to that place that we thought we left but is still in there. I mean, I wasn't always the classy broad that you're listening to today. Once upon a time, I was a needy little kid with dirty hair who ate potato chips for dinner and got lost all the time because we kept moving every couple of months and had like five different stepmothers and it was scary and overwhelming. And, you know, I kind of feel the exact same way now. So um, it's triggering as fuck, right? It's triggering to feel like none of these adults know what they're doing, but Um, To me, it's helpful to realize that that's what's happening to me, right? It makes me feel like there's a good reason for the emotions that I'm having. They're not just me being unhinged and becoming more unhinged as the world around me unhinges. If I'm able to get a little bit of insight into what's going on inside me, that sort of pops me out of it so I can see what's happening instead of being all up in it. And that's a good thing because it enables me to function and to continue writing my book and to do a good job at my job and be nice to the people in my life. And that's all good. It is a little bit worrisome, though, because I wonder if finally getting to the place where I feel like a person who is able to spend fewer than 20 hours a week weeping, if that means I'm normalizing this. And I know we are not supposed to normalize this. Um, But at the same time, I don't know how else a person can function, right? It's not like I can just stop doing everything so that I have unlimited amount of time to worry and weep and uh, freak out. I have to adapt to some extent so I can live, not to the point where I give up and just say everything's fine and go on like none of this ever happened. I'm not going to keep, I'm not going to stop organizing. I'm not going to stop marching and being a pain in my senator's ass, but it's a little tricky and it's something that I'm grappling with. Um, And I would be curious to hear your thoughts on it 
if you are feeling something similar, holler at me and let me know. All right, so now I'm going to move on to the main event, my interview with Katie Farnan, one of the leaders of the Indivisible Front Range Group, who is doing a pretty incredible job of herding all of us liberal cats in a useful direction. So here you go. So I wanted to talk a little bit just about like how, um, just about who you are, how you got involved with the Indivisible movement and uh, what drew you to it. Yeah. So, um, I, you know, after the election, I like a lot of people, well, you know, before the election, I kind of watched, um, with growing concern (laughs) and, um, (laughs) and then the election happened and I was actually like unconscious under a table for a while and, um, went out to a couple of community things, but everything was a little sparse, not sparse. There were a lot of people actually, but it was, um, like, uh, disconnected and people were kind of doing here, these things here and these things over there. And then there was the Dakota access pipeline protests and there were all these things going on and everybody was pretty emotional. Um, and I really was waiting for something that had, uh, some, a, a bit of like methodology to it. And so when the indivisible guide came out, which was right around the beginning of the year, um, I think they launched it right around like the first week of January, maybe, maybe December. Um, i I was very excited because it, it actually applied a a real process to things. And, um, for those, for those people that don't know, the indivisible guide was, you know, it was started by a couple of congressional staffers that were looking at, you know, tea party tactics and basically saying, is there, is there some truth here or some methodology that we can apply to the progressive side of things now that everybody over here on our side kind of feels a little powerless and the guide is very specific and, and lays out some very critical and easy things to do. And I read it and I instantly wanted to start a group. There was already a group starting. So I just joined it. And that's where we are. Nice. Yeah, it's interesting um, when you talk about the fact that, you know, we're kind of co-opting Tea Party tactics here. That's something mm-hmm. that I had talked about on the podcast a few weeks ago in that, mm-hmm. like, the right seems to be a lot less squeamish about trying to, quote-unquote, sell their ideas to people and yeah. uh, to apply force behind those ideas than the left mm-hmm. is. So I'm really mm-hmm. glad that we're sort of, you know, doing some more structured and some more aggressive things on the left because it's really important now, right? It is. And I just posted today in the group uh, a comment about, you know, how to talk to conservatives and that's something else I, I, I learned um, I, through an article I was reading that said that they interviewed a Tea Party guy and the Tea Party guy said, well, we realized quickly that there were certain hot button issues that we should basically not talk about, like abortion mm. and gay marriage, because that wasn't going to bring a, bring about the kind of coalition that they wanted to build with the Tea Party. So they really focused on the economy, which everybody could get behind, right? Interesting. And so... The post I put today in was like, all right, we have to change the way we talk to our conservative, um, you know, our, our co-citizens here that, that have follow kind of a different ideology than we do. And we have to think about what it is that resonates with them. And, yeah. you know, that's a tactic, right? It's a tactic to try to get get your message through. Yeah. And that's something I appreciate about you, Katie, because I kind of just want to put all of the Trump voters on a spaceship and shoot them into the sun. <laughs> Like, I don't really want to talk to them right now. (laughs) There's, there's two, I feel like I I feel that way too. And (laughs) there are some people that 
it's a no go. Right. I mean, and I'm sure the tea party had people that, well, they didn't really try to reach out. I mean, I'm going to be, I didn't, I'm not a scholar of the tea party, but I I think they (laughs) were pretty. What a grim profession if you were. (laughs) (laughs) I've read a couple things, but I've lived through it. Right. So I didn't really see them really reaching across, but we are, but, but to an extent, right? Like there's some Trump supporters that there's a, it's a no go. Right. But then there's others that, you know, they voted for Obama and they were maybe, I don't know, maybe there was, what do you call it? Like it was a, a little bit of a, a fast one was pulled. Right. Right. And they, they saw something that resonated and they didn't get, you know, whatever it was that they were looking for in the last eight years. Those people probably could be talked to in a way where we could persuade them. But then there are others that I, I just, I couldn't, I wouldn't spend time trying to argue. (laughs) Right. At all. May as well (laughs) bang your head on a wall for an hour. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, um, I wanted to ask you if you could sort of explain what indivisible is Mm -hmm. as far as the resistance methodology. Yeah. So the guide is five pages long. I mean, the PDF that they published was sweet and simple. I mean, I think it's five pages. It's very short. Um, and they, so there's principles in there. They don't exactly lay out the principles, but I've like, I've extracted them and kind of, uh, shared them with our group. And I can go over the principles really quickly and then the, the, the actions that they lay out. So cool. some of the principles are local. You have to be local. You have to know the people in your community and the people that actually have the same representative as you. And you have to work together with them to form groups of action. Uh, direct, you, you know, the, the actions you take should be direct. Petitions are great. Petitions have a place, but they, don't repl- they, they will never replace going to your senator's office in person sitting there and waiting to talk to a staffer and having them spend time listening to you, listening to you. Um, another one I feel is important is the sustainability of it. I mean, we're two weeks in here and I, as of this podcast, and I know that, um, that seems crazy. feels like a hundred years. (laughs) It feels like a hundred years. But then I also think like, well, Thanksgiving was a long time ago and it's February. And that seems like, so when you, when you, um, are active, you know, you, you do have less time to sort of wallow and that's a benefit. And then you have to make sure though, that you build sustainability into the groups that you're making, which is something we are, we are really trying to do right now in our group is, is figure out the framework that's going to last. Yeah. Because I know people like Gardner and Trump even are looking and saying, and the media is this, you know, okay, was the women's March the peak? You know, like, mm-hmm. what, what should we think about these continual protests? Is this going to peter out and become Occupy? Yeah. You know? I mean, that was my favorite chant at the women's March. Honestly, it was like the moment that gave me chills was when everyone started chanting mm-hmm. all four years will be here. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. And mm-hmm. I heard one that said, uh, we are not going away. Welcome to your everyday. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> and we have to, we have to put up or shut up on that, right? We can't get burnout. So sustainability exactly. is important. Yeah. And, uh, another one is civility. So that's important. Um, mm. there were a lot of, yeah, I need help on that and, one. <laughs> yeah. It's a good reminder. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, it's, it's important because we are citizens, you know, as of now, we all have jobs too. So we, we mm-hmm. can't endanger, uh, not only our own roles in our community, but also, um, you know, I, my favorite saying is, you know, if you seek a civil discourse with say your members of Congress, you have to actually engage in that. Yeah. You know, it's, it's the principles of the civil rights movement as well, which is if you're going to have a revolution, you better 
you better behave in the way that you would want your new future to be, right? So yeah, yeah. no violence, no, you know, name calling, no anger or or hatred, or that's the new future you'll get, you know? So, yeah, I mean, if we want adult politicians, we need to be adults, right? Exactly. <laughs> and yeah. And, and name calling and, and things like that won't get us anywhere that that's so civility is definitely in the indivisible guide. And it's about, um, firm, you have to be firm, but kind. And, and we have a lot of leading members that are like that. And most of our group pretty much behaves that way. Um, mm-hmm. because I think that they're modeling on, on what they see. So civility is important. Um, another one is visibility. Uh, so indivisible guide is very fond of basically saying, if you didn't film it, it did not happen. Mm -hmm. Um, if you, if you go to a members of member of Congress's office, even with one other person, take a picture of yourself sitting in the lobby or standing in front of the door. Um, because that will, we need to be our own citizen press. Right. And yeah, we need people to, um, we need to, we need to share the movement and make it grow. And that's, you know, vis, vis, visuals are a key part of that. Yeah. Um, I know I'm missing a couple, uh, oh, inclusiveness. So we just talked about this, but inclusiveness, not only of populations that are under threat. So indivisible clearly says, you know, if you're leading and it's a bunch of, you know, white people, <laughs> that's, that's fine. You know, maybe in some cases, uh, the people that, that are, you know, at the fore of this movement, maybe it's because they have, you know, they're, they're not under direct threat and they have some time to build this, but you always have to make sure that you're bringing in the people that are directly affected by these policies. Um, right, right. Not only just for inclusiveness, but also because those personal stories are like worth their weight in gold. Exactly. It becomes less abstract. Yeah. And they'll need our help and protection. And, um, it's not easy. You know, we, we don't have a lot of, you know, you know, we, we need to have more diversity in all of these different actions that we're doing. And I don't know if that's like Colorado specific, I guess it could be in a way, um, or the fact that, you know, Boulder and in this area, you know, but we, we do need to bring in the voices that uh, are not necessarily um, heard frequently. And the other part of inclusiveness though, is discussing it with um, people that, like we said, are are not of the same ideology of ours, but may have an ability to teach us something about what they were thinking and when they voted for Trump or someone else, and then figure out how we might be able to form a broader coalition there. So that's inclusiveness has a couple of different meanings. Um, so those are the basic principles. Mm -hmm. Um, and then the four things that the guide says are super important to do and effective are basically coordinated call campaigns. So the bigger the group you have, the better you can amplify with one voice and make calls to your congressman. Um, Town hall meetings. Now, the Tea Party was famous for um, basically flash mobbing town halls. I mean, they would spread out in the in a town hall, and they would not wear anything that would indicate that they were Tea Party people, and they would just grab the mic and ask questions and put people on the spot and refer to voting records. And they did this for their own party. Wow. Yeah. Um, and then the other one is um, being where your member of Congress is. So is he speaking or she speaking at a public event? Can you go there and peacefully rally, especially if you have not been able to get in touch with that person? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's another effective thing. Um, so wait, that's town halls, public events, coordinated calling. And I'm missing the fourth one. 
office visits. Oh that yeah, office visits. One. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> Using the brain brain box there. Yeah. Okay. So um, office visits. Yeah, and and those again may seem sort of humdrum, but they're not. I mean, you know that that takes time out of a staffer's day, especially if it's like a staffer on the other side. Um, you know, it's good to keep them busy and occupied with your concerns. So yes, office visits are incredibly effective as well. So those are the four um, tactics that are laid out in the Indivisible Guide. Yeah, and it seems like, I mean, at least the phone calls are, you know, which is what most people have time to do at this point, they're Mm -hmm. having a huge impact already, right? Like um, DeVos is like on a knife's edge for not being confirmed, mainly because people have been calling and hassling their senators. Yes, and then, and then the other thing is you'll notice with Senator Gardner, who is our, state's, um, our statewide uh, U.S. congressional you know, representative yeah. in the Senate, <laughs> um, he, he has kind of gotten onto the bus of the, what appears to be a GOP sort of tactic, uh, which is to, to discredit the callers as paid right. and out of state. Yeah. And the kind of swell, upswell of, of response in relation to that has been also very heartening because people are not, they're not buying that and they're not taking it and they're not, you know, they're not sitting down on that one. And that's good because, you know, we've seen banners with this is my zip code and like written across all the banners, all the zip codes. Um, I call in now and I say, you know, I have a cell phone. It's an Ohio area code. I live in gun barrel and my zip code is this, you know, and I'm very specifically shouting down that narrative kindly when I call. Um, but the other thing is he went on, he went on, uh, the news in, in like three separate occasions, nine news and CBS four to specifically kind of proffer that narrative of the paid protester. And, uh, that to me is a win as well, because actually him having to do that, make the time to go and make those interviews means that he's trying to shape the narrative, which means the narrative isn't the one he wants, which means that's a good thing. (laughs) You know, like, if you have to shape the narrative, then the narrative must not be working for you. Yeah. And it really, you know, it, it, it gets my goat and it gets a lot of people's goat to, to be dismissed in that way. So the fact that we're not allowing that to stand um, yeah. and that we're actually calling the press to task to say, yeah. look, you know, while you're still a free press, you need to act like one. <laughs> like you can't just spread the narrative of whoever's in power, you know? Um, I, I, yeah. I totally agree. Yeah. 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 So that's all been really cool to see in our local group. And, you know, there, did you say at our meeting, there was something like 650, um, indivisible groups around America already or some huge oh, number. There's a huge number. I don't know the exact number, but, um, it's crazy. And I, you know, I talked to my, um, aunt in Ohio and she was sort of tossing around trying to find her place. Nice. And she went to the Dem- democratic socialist meeting and then she didn't see a fit there. She went to the regular democratic party meeting and just couldn't find a place. And I told her about indivisible. And so she looked it up on the map and found one close by. And so even in States where the politics is a lot less, um, a lot more tumultuous, I guess, like Mm -hmm. Ohio, um, those groups are popping up and that could make a, that could make a huge difference. It really could because citizen, that's the only power we have left right now. We are, we are it. (laughs) 
Yeah, and that's what Obama was telling us, like, in his whole farewell speech. That's what Hillary told us in her concession speech. You know, they're basically saying, look, we can't lead this resistance, but there needs to be one, and it needs to be you. So let's do this. Well, I was saying, I want him to relax. I want him to take a vacation and, like, you know, get rested. But then I want him to come back. Yeah. Because, and, you know, okay, he already was president. Let's, you know, we're not going to have him be, like, a, a the leader again. But we need someone with that kind of magnetism and draw to to really bring people together. And as a former president, I know he has some limitations mm-hmm. as far as getting involved. But these are different times. So yeah. maybe that's not going to hold anymore, you know? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to be interested to see what he does. I mean, everyone has their theory about why this happened, and there, you can't boil it down to one reason, right? But I think one of the big reasons is the gutting of the Voting Rights Act, and that's yeah. something that oh, he's yeah. indicated that he wants to work on. So I'm excited to see what he does about that. I'm I'm incredibly excited to hear that because I I didn't I didn't I didn't know that part I I wasn't able to I, I did I did listen to his farewell speech, um, but the Voting Rights Act and that's another thing that Keith Ellison talks about as far yeah. as you know his bid for the DNC chair, which I don't you know can't come soon enough I think they need to get together and maybe there's some secret strategy that they you know don't can't share, but there needs to be, Yeah, I don't know. There does need to be, (laughs) there does need to be a strategy. And if the strategy doesn't focus on a 50 state solution to voting voter suppression, um, that's going to be a major gap because the Republicans are very smart. They have strategists, they have, uh, funds, they have uh, people that are interested in doing that. And the fewer votes they get, the more successful they are. And isn't that a sad commentary mm. on wow. on the Republican Party that they can't win on ideas and they know it. And yeah. that you know, and we can and that and the suppression of our vote, because it is on our side our vote that gets suppressed. Right. That um that speaks volumes and, and it's just like classic I don't know, I don't want to say evil, but good versus evil in a way it's kind of a classic narrative going on here. Yeah. Yeah. And I have a theory that like um, that the Republicans, they are the conservative side. Their goal is to keep things the way they are or even to roll them back to the past. Right. right. Like they have a fixed known goal. And on Mm -hmm. our side, we don't really have that. Right. Because we're trying to create new stuff and everyone has a different idea for how that new stuff should get created or what that new stuff should be. And so yeah. that leads to a lot of like people being like, oh, the liberals can't get their shit together. They can't agree yeah. on an agenda. And that's just the way that that's just the nature of, you know, the conservative and the liberal side. But what I love about the indivisible guide is it gives us some structure so that yeah. even as we're debating how the future is going to look and what we want it to look like and how we want to get there, it mm-hmm. gives us some tools on how to do that, not just what we mm-hmm. want to see, which is cool. And. Yeah, it's also that's such a good commentary you make about it, because I never thought about it that way until you and I talked about it earlier, mm-hmm. which is, yeah, like hewing to traditional kind of this is how it's always been is much easier to defend and much yeah. easier to sort of run on because fear is real and people are afraid, which yeah. isn't to say that people on our on the progressive side aren't afraid, but we have a different approach in terms of how to tackle fear. And it has to do with advancing and moving forward into the unknown and also, you know, facts and right. things that matter. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> but that, that does make our, 
it's it's an uphill it's a struggle because we are fighting we're fighting something we're fighting kind of the establishment and establishment um is always going to be stronger in a way and always going to have more um juice and more support and yeah. but we have it and the other thing is nothing since the Trump election has become more clear to me in terms of like this is right and I always felt I've always been a progressive but like ever since the election I've realized like how crystallized it became to me like that this is important and it's important to take a stand and to know what where you stand what your principles are and and it's been easier in that way to fight because I know we're right yeah you know yeah hell yeah 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 So I know that you don't, it is, it is, it's, it's, and it's powerful to not just, um, to not just know that we're right, but to have such a living, breathing example of what's not right. It's like almost, um, I hesitate to say this because real human suffering is on the line, but it's almost Mm -hmm. a gift to have the face of evil so starkly Mm -hmm. laid out for us to fight against. Mm -hmm. And also the fact that everything that in your worst possible scenario is all happening at once. Yeah. In that sense, it might, it might be, um, better than if it were a gradual sort of like the frog in the water that slowly gets warmer. And then all of a sudden it's boiling. It's like, no, it's not, it's boiling now. And it's, and we know it's reaching the boiling point. So, okay, let's, we can mobilize because yeah. there's, what are we waiting for? Right. What are we going to wait for? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. There's, um, yeah. I hesitate to say it couldn't get worse because it can, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's definitely, it's definitely a force to energize people and get them out of their house and away from Netflix for a minute and off their phone to talk to other people. I know. I I do lament the fact that my Netflix queue is not (laughs) moving (laughs) at all. (laughs) Okay. So speaking of Netflix, um, yeah. No, um, I'm, I'm wondering, I wanted to ask you your thoughts on, especially what we were talking about earlier, the sustainability of this movement mm-hmm. and what mm-hmm. role caring for ourselves and each other takes in yeah. that, because I know that that's something that's striking close to your life right now, as in all of mm-hmm. your life, <laughs> every moment. Yeah. 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 Oh, it's really hard. I, I, I'm just going to be like, honest here and that, and say that it's been, um, four weeks since we sort of mobilized and got the group kind of running up and getting big. And it, I haven't found the balance yet. Yeah. Um, I am in it for the long haul, but I, the balance is something that is, is slowly going to become a, a thing to tackle. And so the good thing is, is we're starting in our group to form committees. And as soon as those get off the ground and running, I think that will be a time when there, there is a better sort of balance, um, with the amount of work put into just getting the group going. Mm-hmm. Um, self-care is a little bit like we had our meeting the other day and I had the poster up there for self-care and we didn't get to it. Right. <laughs> that was a beautiful <laughs> metaphor. Kind of, <laughs> it's kind of, yeah. Emblematic of, of exactly the situation, which is, you know, you have to do it. It's important, but you know, I, I'm not, I'm just not there yet. I, I try to sleep a full night's sleep when my mm-hmm. kids aren't, you know, when my kids sleep as well. Um, and you know, I do watch Netflix, but I have it like running in the background. So the office, for some reason, mm-hmm. I love that show and I let yeah. it run in the background while I'm working because it's okay. comforting and like enjoyable. Lumber, Obama used to be president when we had yes. the office. <laughs> I, I thought about that too. And they, they actually mentioned it in one of, of course, one of the episodes. 
I think it's when Stanley is having a heart attack and he says, Stanley, Obama's president. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, yeah, so that's comforting. So Mm -hmm. my, my balance is in the evening when I can sort of try to unwind a little bit. Okay. Well, hopefully, um, you know, as, as the, the rest of the team takes shape and get some structure behind them, um, you know, you'll have a little bit more time to pay attention to not only the funny lines, but, you know, the three-second cut to Stanley's face on yeah. the office. <laughs> exactly. Those are the best. Yeah. You don't want to miss those. <laughs> All right. So last question before I let you go, because I know you're a busy lady. Um, what's inspiring you most right now? Oh, my gosh. The best thing ever was the Utah, the opening day of the Utah Assembly at the state capitol. I'm getting chills just even saying it. I don't know if anybody saw that, but... They were singing. They flooded and filled that entire, all the way, like all the entire floor and like three levels of balconies. I would say, I don't know, there must have been like 3,000 people in there. Oh, and wow. they were singing a song. Um, uh, Looks like it's going to be a long road. <laughs> I'm going to walk it with you. And it was just oh, like wow. steady on. I, I watched that a few times and I just, my heart just exploded because that is what's keeping me going is again, it's like the sharing mm-hmm. people sh- sharing out and saying, look what I did and we're doing it over here and we're doing it over here. And you realize that you, you know, you can't stop because they're not stopping. Right. So and that's not what alone. keeps me going. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I haven't seen that, but I am definitely going to go look for it because it's amazing. Got to. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Uh, well, Katie, I love talking with you. Thank you so much, not only for joining me today, but just for stepping up and making this work. Um, thank you. And I hope that we can, you know, find a way to give you back a little bit more of your time, uh, <laughs> in the meantime, cause I know you have like what, two kids under three. That's no yeah. joke. Yep. Man. <laughs> nope. Nope. <laughs> no, but I appreciate this as well. And I, and what you're doing and, um, yeah, yeah. no, it's, it's important stuff. Thanks again to Katie for being part of the podcast this week. And thank you for listening and for leaving reviews and ratings. It's so helpful to me. And um, every time I hear from one of you guys, it makes my day. So please feel free to reach out to me. You can leave me a message on my blog at BeLessCrazy.com. You can drop me an email at BeLessCrazy at gmail.com. And yeah, I always look forward to hearing from you. So um, stay strong. Talk to you soon.